Hello and welcome back to episode 64 of the Long Snapper podcast. Um, we're back. Merry Christmas to everyone that's um, that's listening. Hope you had a nice festive period. Due to some holidays that were that were handed out here at Long Snap Towers, we're kind of down to a bare bones crew today. You'll be probably pleased to hear that Dougie's not with us. Um, you might or not be pleased to hear that, we that Craig stop doing that. You know. <laughs> You might or not be pleased to hear that Craig's also not with us, um, spend a bit of time with the family. So I'm joined, I'm Mark, by the way, hi, um, I'm joined by regular Adam and becoming regular uh, Russ. How are you boys doing? Good, man. Good. Yeah, you're, very good, very good. Um, if you listen uh, last week, you'll be, uh, you'll no doubt remember that these two boys wouldn't even introduce themselves to each other if they were in a restaurant. Um, so it's good <laughs> that I've got you two. Is the, uh, the only two that are joining me uh, in this festive week. I think we need to get past this and just maybe <laughs> this is the moment to just say, you know, we were equally idiotic. Therefore, neither one of us should feel bad about it. And we, mo- we move on. Yeah, I, I agree. And yeah. if I see you again in a restaurant randomly, we'll do the same thing. <laughs> because you just won't be sure. You just cannot be sure. <laughs> you can't. And if you don't check your phone, then how are we ever going to know? Exactly. So it's um, it, because of Christmas and because with guys away, we're, we're down to the bare bones. We don't have all the normal bells and whistles of Doug's editing skills. Um, so it's going to be a quick pod today, um, cutting out a couple of the regular features, but just with enough stuff to keep you interested, talking about the games and what we expect to happen over the rest of the season. Um if you're if you're interested, jump on uh, jump on the Twitter and hook us up there. We're on at LongSnapPod, or there's a website that's also kicking around, which is LongSnapperPodcast.wordpress.com. We put some blogs on occasionally, but not very frequently. So so have a look if you fancy it. Um, and obviously, if you are listening to the podcast, make sure you go back to whatever podcatcher it is that you're using to and press the subscribe button so that you can keep listening to this wonderful stuff week in week out, um, except for the weeks that we we can't be bothered to turn up. So, lads, let's just jump straight into it. Um, we're going to look at some brief talking points from the games that mattered last week. Um, starting off with the evil organisation, Adam, as you like to call them, the Patriots, <laughs> maintaining that first seed in the AFC with a, bin o- with a win over my Buffalo Bills, who've slipped in the playoff contention from the sixth spot to the eighth. It was a fairly straightforward game in the end, especially second half. But the big talking point, obviously, is this controversial call um, with the Kelvin Benjamin catch. Have you seen this? What's your thoughts on it? And replay as a whole in the NFL, is this something that needs to get addressed? Well, I mean, it's it's the second time in two weeks that something big like this has happened on on replay. That's fake. Yeah, we, that's <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Twice um, coincidence yeah there have been plenty of good memes and gifs along those lines um all sorts of things going back many many years that have been reviewed on video replay and awarded to the patriots um 50 51 super bowls for example um yeah I, I, it's become it's kind of the same thing again the whole and we're bit a bit bored of talking about it what is a catch um and i don't think we're any the wiser after Kelvin Benjamin. I I just didn't see. I, I mean, again, it's letter of the law. Maybe it's right, but I just didn't see it. it the the thing that 
the thing that pisses me off, and obviously I'm biased in this regard because it's a Bills touchdown that's been chalked off. But the thing that pisses me off about it is the fact that, yes, you've got the whole the rule about is it a catch, is it not a catch? Fair enough. Um, and in that case, the, re- the, the officials on the field have called it a touchdown, which to everybody else looking, including the previous two vice, pre- vice presidents of officiating at the NFL, have both said, yes, that's a touchdown. The only way when it gets when it goes to replay for that to be overturned is if there is clear and obvious evidence to suggest that it can be overturned. Otherwise, you stick with the call on the field. There was, you can't tell me that there was a thing in that catch that was clear and obvious to mean that the officials had made a mistake. There absolutely wasn't. That it's, it's from what yeah, I can tell, it yeah. is baffled absolutely everybody in football except for Riveron, the guy who's sitting in a booth in New York, who says, absolutely, that's a touchdown. There's sound, there's um, the sound clips and audio that's come out today from McDermott, the Bills head coach, talking to one of the officials saying, how is that not a touchdown? And the official says to him, I don't know. So who made that decision then? So in the NFL, it's a call is made on the field. Yeah. Then it's all scoring plays are reviewed. So the fact that it gets is called a touchdown, automatically it gets reviewed. It is reviewed by an officiating crew in a that's in a in a studio or in an office somewhere, NFL headquarters in New York. They are watching a replay and come back and they will tell the officials on the field that it is, should be the play should be overturned, even though the officiating team on the field don't understand why. I, that's clear from their this, from their. This is... Yeah, sorry, Mark. The, the issue that has cropped up again, and it's funny how, well, the Ashes is going on at the moment. Um, there have been some similar issues with this, but exactly the same thing. Is the whole point of an on-field decision being made, then the third umpire in cricket or the officiating crew in New York in the NFL or um, whoever it is, have to, <laughs> have to then come up with evidence that I suppose beyond any doubt that the call was definitely wrong. If there's doubt, you stick with the on-field call, and that seems to not quite being adhered to. No. Um, it seems like there can, any, any opportunity there can be to overturn a call now, even if it looks as though there's a, ch- a chance that the on-field call might be wrong. They're going with it. It's almost like the the clear and obvious mistake has gone out the window without telling anybody. Does this does this have a, an element of, of some people trying to justify a job out there? Because you talk about people who, uh, officials especially, you know, they are paid to make those decisions on the field. And if they, if they get it quite clearly wrong on the field and there has been a monumental fuck-up of epic proportions, then you've got a bit of a safety net. It's yeah. not to change marginal calls that have already been given on the field 100 percent, absolutely right and it's the same in cricket as 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 you know russ um a couple of years ago i'm not not exactly sure how long it's been two or three years since i started looking at this stuff away from the the field in new york rather than officials in each stadium looking at these things there's been a change there and I think since then, I don't have facts to back this up, but since then, I think more calls have gone, have been changed. The, since Patriots, moved that. the Patriots way. 
Yeah. Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, honestly, what, what it means is different different people are looking at the replay. Um, yeah. So previously, you'd have people the same officials in the stadium looking at so what they decided was to speed it up so that they're not going off the field under a hood looking at this stuff um, they're going to look at it elsewhere what that means is they've, they've got no loyalty to the officiating crew and they seem to almost be acting ignoring the on-field call yeah. it just it strikes me as something needs to be something needs to be looked at here it, i think what so, i think what russ said is exactly right is the fact it needs to be that safety net for officials that have completely missed something so if yeah, someone yeah. you know if someone uh, and they have completely dropped a bollock on the field that's fair enough but for marginal 50 50 calls it is being used too often as a way to reverse calls when there is 99 percent of the people watching that play as i said including the two previous people who did the job of the person who makes the call have said you can't change that and they have now and, and i'm not saying that would mean that the Bills win at Foxborough. It's it's pretty unlikely, but it certainly changes the whole momentum of that game. That's I, put, don't, that I would, don't know about that, by the way. That put, it would put the Bills seven up going into half time in a game where the Patriots haven't played well. Um, and you wonder how much of that the stuffing got knocked out of them. You'll never know that, but it's it was a momentum killer. And I do think that for the good of you know the games like the Steelers game, for the get for the good of the game like the the Bills game, and for countless others. It needs to be looked at. Something needs to be done about it, because you don't get from you know Rush. You watch you watch a lot more rugby than I do, but you don't get this kind of fuck up in rugby, do? You? Oh, <laughs> you do, but there seems to there's a lot more interaction between the television match official and the referee. So yeah, there's a constant dialogue. Between but there, there's there's the dialogue. So actually, the people in the stadium, they're out or they're outside in the truck or wherever. And and Doug's probably a better place to answer this than me. But he, you know, they do have a dialogue. And ultimately, the referee on the field makes the decision. The guy that can see it, you know, he's only got the big screen, which, you know, we, it's not super you know ultra hd on those big screens a lot of the time it's, it's easy for you know things to become a bit distorted whereas the guy sitting in the truck can have you know that finite view and offer advice and opinion um to, so and they do it a lot i, was, I watched the game on friday night and, and a referee uh he missed a high tackle but the, the the tmo literally just came in his ear and said there's a high tackle i'm going to have a look at it i'll let you know in a minute so you let the game go on like you would do in a, in a penalty advantage anyway. And while the game was going on, the TMO referred, had a look at the high tackle incident and went, yeah, there's a penalty, high tackle. So straight away, no advantage, penalty, away we go. So actually the game wasn't disrupted in any way, which is, which is the right way to use television match officials. Now we can talk about you know, potentially the, the cricket incident that happened today, but... It, it, like I say, it should always be the on-field, the guy that's there, the guy that's in the action, the guy that's seeing it firsthand. Should... And I always thought that that was the case, even in the NFL, but the, these couple of incidents appear to show that that but, isn't the case. Because otherwise, you could you could referee that via video. What's the point yeah. in having those guys there? Exactly. No, I totally agree. And look, you know, we've, we've probably banged on about the Patriots enough for considering we're trying to get through this quite quick. Um so <laughs> let's let's move on. Um, this could this is a an off season podcast maybe yeah, yeah, about about this. There's a lot to be said. Absolutely. So look, we'll move on. Um, with enough talking about the fucking Patriots, 
Jacksonville, um, they blew their chance of um, a, a top two, finishing in one of the top two seeds as they, they lost to the Niners. Um, I don't want to talk about the Jags too much, but the Niners, they're looking pretty decent all of a sudden. How good is Jimmy G? Yeah, I, I, He's I, a real deal, isn't he? Oh, yeah. I, I, by the way, I love the fact that we're not talking about the playoff-bound Jags. You don't, we don't want to talk about them, and we want to talk about the Niners, who are, who are nowhere. Um, but a million times more exciting, and a quarterback who is 482 times better. <laughs> and, <laughs> but he's, he's totally transformed that team. Isn't it amazing? Um, like, it, it goes it to show that everyone talks about how it's all down to the offensive line and it's all down to that's what's, you know, if you've got a NAF quarterback, you build a decent O-line and you do it all from there. The the 49ers O-line was deemed to be one of the worst in the league. Jimmy G suddenly gone in and suddenly that offense is clicking like you wouldn't believe. And so it, it does, it seems to be a lot of the, you know, you stick a half decent quarterback in there and your team gets transformed overnight. He's just, he, since he's gone into that 49ers team and I, and I, you know, I'm not a massive aficionado. I'm still a, a novice at American football. And when I watch him, I watch his, I watch his game management. I watch the way he approaches stuff. You know, and you see a lot of quarterbacks. He, his, his calmness under pressure and his ability to see stuff is is right up there, out of the top draw with some of the best quarterbacks. And. The, he just looks like he's got it, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. He, he, know, he, he just looks, looks like, like he's on it. He's not flying by the seat of his pants, which you could kind of, you could kind of apportion a to quite a few of the guys out there that, that don't really know what's going to go off between one, one play to the next. Whereas he always looks, even in every play, like he's in control, like it's his play and like he knows what's going to happen. Yeah. He also looks like he's had about five or six seasons of being a starter in the NFL. He just looks... Like in complete command of his team, um, it's really strange. I don't know. Well, I, I don't know if the Patriots are already kicking themselves a little bit, um, or if or if he's just out on loan and they're going to get him back through some shady deal. Oh, that's, that's 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 what I was just about to say because I again I don't know very much, but it seems to me that if there, there's going to be this grand plan in Belichick's mind that, you know, when Brady hangs up his cleats, whatever that might be, you know, if there is a a plan to bring Garoppolo back after two or three seasons of starting QB, everyone going, my God, this kid's got it. He sent him to the 49ers, knowing full well that, you know, potentially the 49ers aren't going to be a huge challenge to the Patriots. And, and then go, right, there you go, son, in you come. You're now my new starting QB, and uh, we, we carry on again. And there's a lot of talk that there, there were other teams that wanted him, but Belichick, A, didn't think they would um, like do right by him, namely the Browns, and other teams that they didn't want to give him to because they knew he was good enough and didn't want him to be in the same conference. Um, so they've shipped him out to a team that they don't play very often, knows that they know what they're doing when it comes to quarterbacks, especially with that head coach. Wouldn't surprise me the slightest to see him being a Patriot at some point again in his career. Talking to the Jags, though, um, may as well touch on them a little bit, seems they're going to the seems they go to the playoffs. Um, with that in mind, and the, the fact that they are the third seas, there's um, a lot of talk that they have already refuted 
um, supposedly, about the, the Jaguars resting some players. They can't get to the top two. They can't go below the third seed. So a lot of people, Adam, I know that this is something that you've um, you've discussed with us already um, about them resting some of their stars in preparation for this. The, the head coach has already said, no, we are going full tilt. Where do you stand on resting people in, in week 17? And I know that we're playing the Titans, so you can't really be unbiased. Um, <laughs> but what's your thoughts on it? Coming off a loss... My thinking is, you know, there's there's a lot to be said for momentum going into the playoffs. And I think if you go into it um, half-cooked, admittedly a bit healthier, but off, say, say they go and lose, um, is there is there an argument that they don't go into it as, as mentally right as they should be? Um, would you go full tilt? Would you rest people? I... It's a tricky one, this, because you... On the face of it, you look really, really silly... If um, you know you're you're Jacksonville and suddenly um, two or three of your starters go down injured in week 17, <laughs> however, um, how far do you take this? You know who who you don't rest 22 people on your you know your offense and defense. No. Um, you've always got you're always going to have a chance of injury somewhere. I think I kind of lean towards at least starting your your main guys. Um, then see maybe see how the game pans out. Um, you might be winning comfortably or losing comfortably, and make a decision. Um, yeah, if you've got literally nothing to play for, it's a tricky one. I mean, the, the Titans got into the playoffs in 2007 um, by playing the Colts in Week 17. Who did the? Who I can't remember if they they actually started everybody, but they uh, you know, by the second quarter had nobody left in, and it kind of felt not dirty but like you shouldn't be there um, and it, it's it's sort of a bit unfair on other teams yeah I think that's something to be said for it it is but you know if, if you look a little bit further into the future if the Titans win uh, in the weekend against the Jags there's a chance that the, the Titans will go to the Jags in the, in the wildcard round anyway correct so actually it's not even in the you know it's not in the, the Jags interest it, it makes no difference to them should i say absolutely because, absolutely no difference at all. because they're either going to host probably the chargers or the titans yeah so you know would they want to lose to tennessee and give them a bit of momentum and and give them that you know that uh that verve and vigor to come to to jacksonville to do something or do they well, go it, you know what it's... let's just put these guys to bed it's interesting that because if you know, say say the Jags lose to Tennessee and then play them, they'd have lost to Tennessee twice yeah. this season already. Um, I don't think that's how you would want to prepare for a playoff game. Literally, their only motivation knowingly... is the fact that they could knock them out, isn't it? That's it. Yeah, I mean, that is it. It it, do, it doesn't quite. It's never quite sat right. No, I agree. And it's the type of thing you see in like the Premier League all the time, isn't it? Where there's a team that's got nothing to play for, but has got a big Champions League fixture coming up at the end of the season. Do you rest everybody, put out a second team, playing against a team that's fighting in the relegation zone? And then you get that talk, oh, it's, you know, the integrity of the league. You've got to play your starters. Um, I ask myself the question a lot. If this was Belichick, if he was coach of the Jaguars, what would he do? He wouldn't give a fuck about the integrity of the league. Would Tom Brady play in week 17? No way. There's not a chance Tom Brady would play in this game, but no, he he would start and then come out after three plays, or he might play a snap. Yeah, yeah. Just so we could get the start. 
um, but there is no way that I think he would be in that game for very long because Belichick don't give a shit. Um, the Jags, I think the only thing that might make them play the starters is what Russ said and that the fact that, you know, they they could potentially knock out the team that they're playing and do you want to hurt, go into the playoffs on the back of two defeats? We'll see. We'll see. A team that can't afford to rest their starters is the uh, Baltimore Ravens um, laboring to win over the weekend over the the Colts if they do squeak in the Ravens and if they beat Cincinnati this weekend they will get in um other than the other team of the AFC that's going to make it are they are they possibly one of the worst playoffs teams ever I think the other team that comes out of the AFC could be worse <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's not a bumper crop is it in the wild no, round no is there, is there any way that the Ravens um, blow this in, in against the Bengals, considering it's going to be the head coach's last game there? Are the Bengals, who did beat the Lions this weekend, so the, the head coach announcing that he's leaving. I, I keep calling him head coach, so I can't remember his name. Is it Marvin Lewis? Marvin, Marvin Lewis. Marvin yeah, Lewis. Yeah. So Marvin Lewis, he's obviously he's going at the end of the season. That appears to have picked up the players a little bit, and I don't know whether this, for me, is more through, you know, hope rather than expectation because the a Ravens loss and a Bills win gets the Bills in the playoffs. Um, but is there any way that in Baltimore, the Bengals can go there and win? Yes, there is. <laughs> it wouldn't shock me. <laughs> it wouldn't. I mean, logically, no, obviously. Um, the Bengals should have nothing to play for and the Ravens have, have everything. But last week, they were playing the Lions. And yep. the Lions were still in playoff contention. They're not now. Um, but that that was that made no sense. That result. The NFL does this. Um, the Bengals. You know, a lot of players are probably playing for playing for their place on the roster. Um, with an outgoing head coach, there's a bit of uncertainty there. Who knows? The Ravens haven't been convincing all year. Yeah, it, it really would not shock me. Your your hopes are still alive, Mark. Come on. Um, speaking of, uh, of teams close to our hearts, another Titans defeat, kind of limping into the playoffs. Um, they've obviously got the Jags who we've talked about this weekend. Uh, are they gonna Are they gonna survive, or are the Chargers likely to nick this at the death? I I don't I don't know. How's that? That's if that's analysis. <laughs> that's what I'm looking. For. That's what our listeners come for. <laughs> I would say that the Titans have looked a bit better in the last couple of defeats than they have done in, in recent weeks. Um, you know, the, the Rams were playing playing hard in Nashville and took well, it went it went down to the wire. Um, that that could have easily ended up being a Titans win. Um, DeMarco Murray has a niggle that may keep him out of Sunday's game. That yeah. could be a factor, but you know. It's it it could be it could come down to what the Jags do as we as we touched on earlier. I was going to say um, it's going to it's going to come down to what what Jags team turn up on the day. So if the Jags play their starters, are we saying that the Jags are favourites for that one? Yeah, I would think so. Yeah, if, I mean, def, well, definitely. I mean, they've they've looked better throughout most of the season. Even if they even if they do play them, are the are the starters going to be mentally giving it a hundred percent, or are they going to be in you know like? like Pro Bowl kind of mode and just like not wanting to get injured themselves. Let's hope so. <laughs> no, come on, Jackson. <laughs> yeah, so we... a quick roundup of the AFC. Um, we know, obviously, that currently 
the um, the Patriots and the Steelers are first and second seed. I can't see anything happening in this weekend coming that's going to change that. Um, third seed, Jacksonville, we already know, and the, the fourth seed is already the, the Kansas City Chiefs, who we haven't mentioned, but secured their, their spot coming out of the AFC West with a good run towards the end of the season. Um, fifth seed um, and sixth seed are still up for grabs. Who do you, what's, what's your money on, boys? Who do you think is um, is likely to finish in those two spots? Well, why why don't we sort have a chat about the NFC bits and pieces, and then come back to it, and let's let's go through, let's you know we could we could do a quick vote if we need to go through the sixteen games that are going to be played, pick them on the ESPN playoff machine, and then then look at what it churns out, um, and with three of us that could almost work. Yeah, why not? There's a chance. All right, we'll jump over to the NFC then. Um, Eagles and Vikings continue to look good. There's no question that those two are the best teams coming out of the NFC, right? 100%. Who out of them would you want to face least at the moment? I I would say, personally, uh, I would say the Vikings. Only only for the fact that, obviously, with Wentz going down, Foles has stepped in and, and done okay. But... You know the the team that are really firing at the moment are the Vikings, and and I think personally they're going to go all the way. Yeah, I think I'd I'd agree. Um, I wouldn't want to face the Rams either. I wouldn't want to face the Saints. It's it's going back to some of the dross that's going to come out of the AFC. There are some quality teams that are going to miss out in the NFC. On the flip side, yeah, um, just the way it goes sometimes. But um, yeah, I'm not sure who you'd who you'd want to meet. Um, those two having having a bye is is massive for them. Um, it's hard to see hard to see past the. Well, I mean, who who knows? The divisional round throws up some strange things, but you'd you'd think they they they're both going to be favourites, even with Bowles in Philadelphia to to advance. But we will see. Who would have ever thought going into the season that you would have seen an NFC conference game that had Case Keenan versus um, Nick Foles as the starting quarterbacks? It's, it's it's nonsense, but <laughs> in a just. <laughs> I mean, in a division, Nick, Nick in, in a conference, has got Cam Newton, Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, um, probably Cam, two of yeah, Newton. <laughs> yeah, it's some of the best quarterbacks in the league. We, Wilson, we Case Keen, yeah, Case Keenum versus Nick Foles. Um, Keenum, speaking of something, he's proved himself. He's been no big question. time, um, and he's he's any doubters that remain. Um, shouldn't be really. Do, um, do you think? Nick sorry, Coles, on the other hand, is only a couple of weeks in. Do you think the the um, sort of the background threat of Bridgewater returning to fitness has has given Case Keenum the kick in the ass that he that he had perhaps needed? I, I don't know. He he seemed thrilled. Did you see when Bridgewater came back in when they were they were way ahead a couple of weeks ago and they stuck him in for That's a series nice. or two? He threw um, an interception. First yeah, place. straight away. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but but Keenum, the whole the whole place was was loving that. They were all really. He's obviously a popular figure around the around the place. But uh, well, you probably it was probably before your time. But the injury that he got, man, his his leg was hanging on by skin. That was it. There was nothing connecting the bottom half of his leg wow. to the top half. It was it, there was questions over whether the guy would walk again. So the fact that he ever got the, he's back on a football field is unbelievable. So fair play to him for that. He must have worked his nuts off. But the fact that Case Keenum seemed to be the guy who was applauding him most genuinely and most enthusiastically. Obviously, the cameras are going to be on him, um, but that really seemed genuine. It, I, it, I don't it think... looks like a together locker room, that doesn't it? 
yeah. at the Vikings, yeah, which is nice. All right, so elsewhere, um, the NFC South continues to provide a lot of um, a lot of drama. The Panthers finally overcoming the Bucks in the end in a surprisingly close game to make the playoffs. The Saints again looking impressive to beat their fellow uh, contenders, Atlanta. Um, how do you rate both of those teams' chances um, as we move into the playoffs with them both now having secured a place? For me, uh, the panth the Panthers all all depends on on Cam and what Cam turns up because when he's when he's on flames, there is there's no there's no better really from what he can do. Um, but when he's not on it, they look an entirely different proposition in offense. It's all on him with the with the Panthers. Um, yeah, you as you. You've hit the nail on the head there, really. If uh, you know, with, without Newton, that team is nothing. You know, okay, you've got fl- flashes from McCaffrey and a couple of bits on defense, but that team is not going to win without Cam. And Cam himself can be inconsistent. So, yeah, they could. Wouldn't shock me to see them in the Super Bowl. Wouldn't shock me to see them just disappear either. It's, it's anybody's guess with the Panthers. With proper fence sitting. <laughs> a lot of it and the Saints I think they're a lot of teams um, kind of dark horses to go all the way this year now with on a good run oh, I've, I've been saying that for a few weeks about them um, I, I I trust the Saints a lot more than the Panthers to to make a push they're, they're the team most likely to upset Philly or Minnesota at home um, and you know they were my NFC Super Bowl pick two or three weeks ago i it would be an upset, but it, yeah, it still would not shock me. Well, they're, they're far more rounded, aren't they? As a side, as a team, they've got a lot more about them in general than than just a superstar potential quarterback. Yeah, and they have got that. They've got uh, a, yeah, well, exactly. Incredibly reliable superstar, and that's QB. and that's the difference. The reliability of the QB. They've got weapons, and they've got options. It's not just you know one or two. It's four or five, and now they've got the D to back it up. Yeah, which which they haven't. You know, if if Sean Payton had had a defense, yeah, you know, a lot of it's probably his fault to be truthful. But yeah, if they'd had a defense in the last ten years comparable to this, they'd have won multiple Super Bowls. So no yeah. doubt about that. If the, if the fact that they're managing to get interceptions off one of their um, quarterbacks' asses now, yeah. um, <laughs> which was one of the plays of the weekend, um, it shows that they're getting the bit of the rub of the green, aren't they? Or the rub of the ass in this case. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mentioned the Falcons earlier on. Um, because of their defeat, they now face basically a do-or-die game against the already qualified Panthers, winning in. Like lose, and it's likely that they'll be watching the playoffs at home, and the Seahawks will be there. What's your thoughts on the Falcons um, at home to the Panthers? I still fancy them to to sneak in. I, I think I do on balance. It's a similar situation again, isn't it? Um, divisional. Well, week seventeen, they've done this for seven or eight years now. They're all divisional games. Um, you know, this is again the well, the the logic being that you they you hope that fewer teams rest starters because they don't want to lose to their divisional opponents uh, but yeah as far as I know Cam's not going to be sitting on the bench right um, but yeah I'm probably backing the Falcons at home to to do that Fair shout. 
talking about talking about resting some of the starters um, it has been confirmed that the Rams are going to rest some of their starters going into week uh, week 17 I believe that Donald Goff and Gurley uh, none of them are going to be starting in week 17 now that may change by game time but that's the uh, the news coming out of camp at the moment um, which surprises me that yes they're already in the playoffs and, and wanted to get healthy but they're playing the Niners one of the informed teams in the NFL at the moment um, and they are they are the home team, so that gives them a bit of an edge. But they're resting them, and if they lose that game, then they lose potentially the third seed, um, which would be a difference in potentially playing someone like the Falcons squeaking into the playoffs, or playing someone like the, the, the Panthers, who a lot of people think are roaring into the playoffs. Do you think that's? Uh, and I know we've talked about this a couple of times already, but it seems a bit of a, a risky move for the Rams for me. Now, I you, you say about the Falcons potentially limping into the into the playoffs. I, if there's a side that you don't really want to to play in the playoffs, I think, especially in the NFC, it's probably the Falcons. With their ability to be consistent, they are pretty solid, if not uh, unspectacular. Um, you know, if if you come up against a, a cam that's not firing, you can you the 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 Panthers become a an ultimately easier proposition for me. So. You know, dropping from third seed to fourth seed to take on the Panthers isn't a massive issue as far as I can see. Yeah, I mean, it, it's uh, kind of you're sort of guessing a little bit, obviously, as as the teams have to. That's that's the thing. Um, slightly different situation that they're not playing a team that's playoff possible or playoff bound. They're playing the Niners who are out of it, so. It, kind of feels a bit different um you know they they but, might but take the view that they might take the view that whoever whoever comes along they're gonna have a home game um they'd rather have fresh guys going into it whoever they're gonna face than, yeah. than risk and, i don't know it's, and it's ultimately, still a bit of a... ultimately it doesn't matter the niners are on form they're loving life man crush jimmy g is tearing shit up <laughs> um and actually yeah yes the rams are at home Yes, it's it's a difference between third seed and fourth seed. How much difference is that going to make to them? They're going to be at home in the in the you know in in that round. You know, I, I don't I don't see as much of a problem. So you're not bothered if you're um if you're McVeigh, you're not bothered who you play. Bring bring them on. Yeah. I think fair play to you. All right. All right. Well, let's get into this then. Um, we're going to do a quick um, roundup of the week 17 games. Then, um, whipping through this real quickly, and then we'll we'll generate out of that somewhat something I've, that's I've going to be a bit of a prediction uh, as, as, have I, as have okay. I I'm, I'm good to go um, so we'll look at this first game that no one gives a fuck about is the Packers versus the Lions I'm assuming that we all think the Lions are going to win that with yeah. a, uh, an Aaron Rodgers less Green Bay yeah yeah fair shout then and the, who gives a fuck two um, is the Texans versus the Colts I'm guessing that the only thing here is the uh, the Colts it's, it's likely to be um, Chuck Pagano's last last game in charge in Indianapolis who Colts Col Colts at home for me Colts at yeah. home I've, um, I've gone with the Texans but there you go it's, it's right. dead isn't it Don't, so who cares um, Bears against yeah, the Vikings please replace our one sentence previews by the way this is, yeah. this is different I like it Bears against the Vikings um, anyone think any different other than Minnesota nope Vikes nope. all day yeah, Jets at Patriots. Patriots aren't going to lose that game, are they? The refs will make sure of it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a game yeah. that doesn't matter except for there being a lot of pride on state. Washington at the Giants. I've got the Giants in this one, actually. But, um, Two, actually. Was, yeah. 
I'm, Giants. I'm Redskins. All right. Well, we'll go with the majority. We're saying the Giants. Yeah, yeah. Again, who cares? Dallas already out versus the uh, the Eagles looking to maintain their first seed. Can't see past the, the Eagles for that one. Yeah, agreed. No, not me. Same as the Steelers at home to the Browns. Anything other than a Steelers win and... <laughs> um, doesn't matter first... who's resting. The world's gone mad if that's that's not coming out. The first one then that really matters, um, Panthers are going to Atlanta. Um, this is a Falcons win for me and has been for the last couple of weeks. I said a couple of weeks ago that I think those teams in the um, the NFC South are going to beat each other just enough that all three of them qualify. Um, and I think that this is the game that solidifies that. Falcons win at home. Uh, for me as well, there's too much agreement here between us. I know, I don't that like That may it. change when we get to some of these AFC matchups. <laughs> this, this is probably the tightest one for me. Um, and for a little while this afternoon, I had the I had the Panthers winning, which let this, which let Seattle in. But given it, having given it some thought, and as I say, they're a, they're a solid side, the Falcons, and I just think that, you know, knowing that they've got to win to get in, that, that'll be enough for them, especially at home. I'm with you on that one. Uh, I think we're both then agreeing that the Seahawks will beat uh, beat the Cards at home. Yeah, unfortunately. Going the other way on that, so I think they will yeah. do what they will do what they need to do, and so it really is going to come down to that Carolina Falcons um, game to decide who gets into that last spot. Interesting one then in um, LA with the the informed Niners going to the Rams. I've still got the Rams as the, as, as winning it at this point, but with their with those resting of those players, if that does end up happening, I do think that's a questionable one. It looks like it is. I'm picking the Niners um, mainly for the because of the rested players. I fancy the Niners as well. Now I think about it, with you'd lose your quarterback and Gurley, who's been their machine. Niners. I'm saying the Niners. Are you. Yeah. Let, let's go. Let's go, Jimmy G. Beautiful. I'm on the Jimmy uh, G train. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that probably does it for the Bills, um, Charges. They're not losing at home to the the Raiders, are they? No. They they might. I can't believe they will. Not with a potential playoff spot on the line. The Chargers do some strange things, but so does everybody. I know I'm still picking the Chargers, but you know, a bit like a bit like the Ravens, nothing would shock me. No, indeed. Um, a bit of a you know parade for the Chiefs at the um, Broncos. It's a it's an AFC West clash, so the Broncos are likely to play hard. Um, can Mahomes see... is starting for Kansas City, by the way. That's a good point. Yeah, that is true. So backup quarterback just to see what they've got. It doesn't make any difference. So who do you reckon? Chiefs or Broncos? I've, p- I've picked the Chiefs, but I didn't know about Mahomes. Do you, Let's go with the Chiefs because change, you know what? It doesn't, dif- doesn't make any difference. I think Mahomes, Mahomes might come in and want to show everybody what he can do. Yeah, so I'm going for the, the Chiefs on that, on that it, logic. It could yeah. be, you know, replacing a world-class quarterback in Alex Smith. <laughs> Doug, oh. would Doug would definitely agree with you. <laughs> um, next one, that's a massive matchup. Jags at Titans. Adam, I'm guessing we know which way you're going to go on this one. Um, Russ, what do you reckon? I've gone the Jags. I, I just, I think the Jags will take the opportunity to knock them out. Russ, um, oh, Adam, oh. I assume you're saying, t- you're saying Titans? I mean, I have to. Obviously, um... I find this one a really, really difficult one to call. I think if I, I think if the Titans f- starters turn up, play hard, and want to win the game, just by the way that the Titans are, are limping through it at the moment, I think the Jags will win. But in fact, yeah, I'm, I'm saying the Jags. Sorry, Adam. That's all right. So it's Jags, um, Saints at the the Bucks. 
in a game a, a game that doesn't really matter other than the potential for getting to the third seed. But I think the Saints are winning that one. Do you disagree? Uh, no, not in the slightest. No, Saints. Now, next one um, that kind of matters potentially based on how other results go. Bills at the Dolphins. Now, it would be very typical of the Bills that all the other results that they need go their way. They manage to throw it away by losing to the Dolphins. <laughs> that is kind of the thing that they would do. So I'm, I'm saying the Bills are going to win just because they have to. And it's the first time they've had a game to potentially get in the playoffs in 17 years. Um, so I'm saying that they're going to do what they need to do just because the Dolphins are probably literally on the beach. Um, so, I, yeah, I think, that, I, think, I think they'll win the game, but it still won't be enough. I think they will win that game. I think it's going to be that sort of week generally. <laughs> they, they might not be the only team that you know, I'm, I'm not saying they're going to screw it up but I think one or two one or two from the AFC will in that way uh, we just don't know who it is but now I'm picking Buffalo yeah I'll, I'm, I'm with the Bills as well My, I don't for me the Dolphins haven't have a flatter to deceive pretty much all season and other than uh, Drake who I've been impressed with over the last few weeks um, I don't think they've got much about them at all agreed um, and then the last game the the as we've discussed already the Bengals going into the Ravens we've covered it who do you reckon is coming out of that one with the W? I mean Baltimore, but you know as as we touched on earlier, who knows? Um, no, I've you're going to hold a gun to my head. I'm I'm going to pick the Ravens. Yeah, Ravens. Me too. Yeah, unfortunately so. So that would leave us with the uh, the first and second season of the AFC being the Patriots and the Steelers. And the wild card games, you would have the third seed Jacksonville Jaguars at home to the Los Angeles, uh, sorry, the LA Chargers in the wild card round. And then the Kansas City Chiefs at home to the Baltimore Ravens. You would have the two teams missing out as being the Tennessee Titans who would finish with an 8-8 eight and eight record and the Bills with a 9-7 and seven record finishing um, because they have a worse head-to-head -head than the, the Chargers, thanks in in part to Nathan Peterman starting that game. <laughs> we, we won't say anything. <laughs> there's, there's, there's no bitterness there. No. And, you know, I'm not even saying that we'd have won the game if Tyrod Taylor had played and I wasn't one for that was anti-putting anti Peterman in, but it is funny how it come, it does come back to bite you in the arse sometimes. Um, in, the, in the NFC... Philly first seed, Vikings second seed, and with the the Rams losing to the the Niners in our make believe world, the the Saints would jump up to the third seed and they would have another NFC West clash against the Falcons coming up in the first wildcard round, and you would have the Rams taking on the Carolina Panthers in the fourth versus fifth seed. What are you thinking? A couple of a uh, couple of predictions there then. If, if say these come to pass, Jacksonville versus the the Chargers. Um, probably the Jags at home would be my prediction. I mean that that's it's a repeat of a game from about four weeks ago, uh, which was a ludicrous game that went into overtime that the Jags won. Um, yeah, somehow nobody wanted to win that game. <laughs> yeah, it was a bit, it was one of those. Uh, yeah, my my heart would obviously uh, want Blockhead and his his Chargers uh, to go through, but no, I think it would be the Jags. Yeah, I'm saying the Chargers for that one. I think they're on a bit of a run to become the first team since themselves, actually, um, to go 0-4 and, and then make the playoffs in however many years it was, like nearly 30. I think they've got a good, some good momentum going there. I think they've got some good weapons and I think they can go do some damage. And um, I'm saying the Chargers. And I'm saying the Chiefs as the other yeah. game. I think they will put a stop to the Ravens pretty quick. Yeah, yeah. They'll shut them down. 
definitely. So if it goes to the uh, the Saints versus the Falcons, Saints at home, are we have we got a repeat of what happened last weekend? Where the Saints won, in case you'd forgotten. <laughs> I think that would I be. I did have a moment of self-doubt there. <laughs> I, I, in your face. I think it'll be tight. I think it's almost too tight to call. Uh, it's it's Saints all day long for me. Um, I just think they've got a bit more this year. Um, yeah, I mean that, that's a, a great rivalry in in recent years. They've been two strong teams generally over the last ten years or so. But no, but the, the Saints at home to to go through. And then the, this last one, I think, is a really interesting one. I think if it is the Carolina Panthers going into the LA Rams, I think that Luke Keithley thinks he can probably get one over on Jared Goff. Um, and I'm going to say the Panthers for that one. Uh, I'm going to disagree with you. Uh, the, the Rams at home with their rested starters. I'm, I'm with Adam. It's the Rams. Interesting. We will see then. Look forward to it, boys. Um, quick AFC and NFC, I know we do this every week. Has anything changed from your um, who's going to represent each conference in the uh, Super Bowl? No. No. Excellent. Look forward to uh, seeing who manages to get through. A quick roundup of some other news then. Story of the week for me. Um, James Harrison, um, reduced role with the Steelers, um, got cut because they wanted to bring another player back onto their team. Um and gets picked up straight away by who else but the New England Patriots. Um, it's an interesting move. A lot's been made of the fact that he, he's been picked up purely because of his knowledge of the playbook. Um, what's your thoughts on it? <laughs> it's just, this seems to happen every year with the Patriots with somebody. Um, it's Kenny Britt wasn't going to be the story, was he? So they had to get somebody who might be. Harrison, I mean, just for the rivalry the fact they've just played um everything everything about it is just so typical and he's it's going to end up being like you could see that episode of america's game already where he's one of the talking heads talking about how he hates the steelers what they've done to him despite 27 years playing for them and everything else and the super bowl's there and he goes and gets gets one of the patriots and it'll be unwatchable that episode of America's game, like all the others where the Patriots have won the Super Bowl. <laughs> um, Eli Apple, um, the the Giants have had a bit of a, a shitty season, obviously, as we all know. He's been suspended. Coming a couple of days after uh, his fellow defensive player, Landon Collins, referred to him as a cancer in that team. He's, he, Apple's been suspended for off the, off the field behaviour. Um, have you got any sympathy for him as a young man? He's come out of the first round. He's clearly not quite all there mentally yet. Has, has he got any future in New York? He's he's got a future somewhere. He might have pissed too many people off there. It sounds it sounds like it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, equally, they've they've got new personnel that are coming in, so they're going to have a new head coach. It's just been announced while we're recording that Dave Gettleman as as people knew really to be honest he's been announced as a new gm so there's going to be a changing of the guard there um it might be down to to what the the new coaching staff decide to do with him sometimes it can just take somebody different to take a guy under their wing and things all look different but we'll see fair enough we will see what happens with mr apple um we're gonna make a quick nod um to over to the long snap pod fancy league 
um, because that's obviously finished. And if you are still playing fancy football in week 17, then your league manager is a moron. You need to expunge yourself from that league and, and stop having anything to do with it. Fancy football finishes in week 16 of that. There is no question. Um, Stephen Beal. He's the name of... Uh... <laughs> He's the name of our commissioner in two different leagues that I'm in, both of which um, have championship games in week 17. Yeah, it's Paul. There he is. Paul. Steve. You've got, into, you've got into the season off the back of Gurley playing so well, and then he's not playing in that week. Ridiculous. Anyway. Well, Steve, will, Steve will tell you that. I don't care what Steve says. He, Steve is wrong. <laughs> and that's the, uh, that's the final line on it. We, we massive, all agree. Massive well done. And I think we can all agree on this, that... We are delighted with what happened in the final of the Long Snap Pod Fantasy League. He's not here to defend himself, but Dougie took an absolute pasting in the final. 121 to 69. Congratulations to Reese, the inaugural winner of the Long Snap Pod Fantasy League. Um, are we doing a trophy or anything for him, or is he just, you know, is he just got the, the, he's happy that he won? I think Doug said there would be a trophy if he won. Um, but, <laughs> but, but there are, but there isn't going to be a, a, a trophy for Reese, unfortunately, but, uh, Huge congratulations, well done, because beating Doug, not just beating him, but giving him a proper ass in is... Uh, is Spanking. Yeah, it's, considering it's really well it, done. Considering the shit that we've all had to go through, listening to Doug about the trades that he's made and the you know how good his team is, I'm not losing another game in this one. He took an absolute pasting, and one of the Welsh Patriots, Crabtree, took a zero in that game. Yeah. And he still got 121 points. It was a it was a beautiful thing to watch as it was going. Doug, Doug had big plans for what he was going to do with his victory, didn't he? Yeah. Um, it's not often that I'm pleased for a team called the Patriots that they've won, um, <laughs> but there you have it. Yeah, um, you know in Ingram didn't perform. It all came it all came down to Gurley, I think, smashing in 40 points, and I think he's probably won a few people, a few leagues across the world. Um, that made a massive difference yeah. for us. But Brady did enough. Gurley did more than enough. And we talked about how it would come down a lot to um, how well the Rams did in that game against the Titans. I think you made the comment that they're pretty good at stopping the run. Um, uh, well, right. I, I knew this was going to come up. Um, <laughs> a lot of it was receiving touchdowns. I'll look at the numbers. Uh, <laughs> they, he, his rushing yards weren't actually that high. Just, just it was all little screens. Yeah, just 118. That was all. Yeah, well, that's. it seemed like a lot more. <laughs> Um, so yeah, and we t we talked about it was going to come down to where, how well the Rams did. Gurley puts up forty points. Watkins puts up nine. Um, Cooper Cup twelve and a half. That was and that was enough pretty much to beat Doug, who only who only managed to score sixty nine and a half himself. So bad luck, but congratulations to the Welsh Patriots. I've already heard from you and that you're delighted that you're going to be back next year. I hope everyone in the league um, that played it enjoyed it. Um, I think I managed to come fifteenth out of sixteen. So I can, well, almost literally <laughs> the only way is up for me. Um, so we'll, you we'll say see. that, but, you know, 15 out of 16, that's, that's, that's this, this room's go down. I said almost. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, congratulations to you. We will talk about, we'll do some season reviews of fantasy um, points like heroes and villains next week when the dust has, dust has settled and we know he's in the playoffs and we've got a bit more time to talk about it. Um, we'll get into that next one. We're kind of back to normal. So let's, boys, let's jump into any other business to wrap this up quickly. Um, Adam, have you got something quick? <laughs> when have I ever had something quick? Also, oh, yeah. we're, we've gone we're on much longer than we promised that we would. Um, so sorry about that. Um, what have I got? Um, nothing, I don't have a huge amount. I, I did have a, a little thing about Sky and their box sets um, it's happened twice to me now. 
that they've got their massive library of box sets and that they've just they add things occasionally sure but they seem to randomly take things off there like when you're halfway through watching them the latest um thanks to part thanks in part mark to you giving it a shout on the podcast a couple of months back curb your enthusiasm has disappeared it has yeah you're right i was end, end of season three i'm looking forward to watching the next episode and they normally auto download and i realize hang on it's not come up why is that well they just vanished yeah, no um, rhyme or reason. That happened to me with Banshee, and I was absolutely devastated. Yeah, until so I found Sky, it again. Sky, you bastard, sort yourself out. Russ, you got anything? Yeah, very, very quickly. Um, cricket, we mentioned cricket already. Alistair Cook banging in 245 runs. Everyone saying, oh, dead rubber, pressure's off, all this sort of shit. You don't score 245 runs in a test innings if you are not an exceptional player. You don't score 12,000 test runs and move up three places in the all-time test batting rankings in one innings if you're not an exceptional player. Um, form fits and starts, but Alistair Cook is a class act, and that is a fact. And very, very quickly... Christmas Day uh, television, it was all an absolute bunch of wank. However, uh, I saw a, a statistic that was Mrs. Brown's Boys was the most watched oh. programme on Christmas Day. And if you, if, you, if you watch Mrs. Brown Boys, you are a cunt. <laughs> right? And you know what? I'm not even going to beat that out. No, that is something that I think we can all agree on. <laughs> that is something that we can all agree on. No question. So, how, did, um, how does that? It, it was that drunk. Mrs... They, no, I reckon. I reckon what happens is what was on before Mrs. Brown's boys. Probably that call, call yeah. the midwife or something, and they people have fallen asleep with their tellies on. Asleep. Yeah, that's what's happened. <laughs> I, I hate it. I hate him. I hate the program, and I hate everybody that watches it without fail. Aren't they all tax dodging as well? They were all they were all in the Panama Papers or somewhere that hides their fortune somewhere else. They don't pay tax in this country. Pricks. Agreed. Um, well, I'm pleased you mentioned Cookie because I had two points and he was one of them. So um, that's that's taken that away from me. Nice one. Um, saves me draining on. Um, so the second one is Lewis Hamilton. Now, I'm, I, I'm not particularly fussed about Lewis Hamilton either way. Um, I, I don't hate him, as I know a lot of people do. I'm not a massive fan of his. But I don't know if you saw this. He posted a video on Instagram um, over Christmas and he was having some banter with his family and I think he was talking to one of his little nephews who was wearing a dress um, and he posted a video saying oh, what you're wearing that for boys don't wear dresses bit of banter when I saw it I didn't think anything of it thought it was a, thought it was a bit of a joke his nephew wasn't bothered in the slightest um, and everyone just moved on with their lives the abuse that he took from the politically correct brigade in this country about it that he was forced to issue an apology statement saying that if there is anybody that he's offended for his comments then he profusely apologizes and he makes sure that he will do much better in the future what an absolute load of horseshit i i you know he was not saying at any point that he thinks that it's wrong that blo if blokes want to wear dresses that it is a bad thing to do he was making a fun throwaway comment to his nephew as a bit of banter in his family that fair enough he broadcasted on instagram but for me i think it was something something and nothing and the fact that so many people kick off about it that he's forced to issue an apology by his team is political correctness gone mad and i've had enough of it i i'm do you know what 
<laughs> I, I think what's going on here, it's not actually people getting offended. It's people using little things like that to score points on social media or in in their circles as if you point something out that he's posted this video you say you're offended because blah 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 it's point scoring and it's not the people it's not people actually being offended per se it's, if, it, you're, what, if you're offended me, by that you need to be thicker skinned yeah what baffles me is like me how have these like lbgt like groups that like the heads of them coming out saying what he said was an absolute disgrace um you know he needs to issue all these apologies because of all the millions of people that he's offended and he's he's set the set the world back 20 years with his views what a load of bollocks he made a fun comment to his nephew quite quite As frankly he... lewis hamilton doesn't have to do shit right he's he's <laughs> no, no. what he's Correct. done he has come out and made an apology because his team and his sponsors or whatever they don't want him. to lose face but yeah. actually in his in his mind he's going this is horseshit and quite frankly, I'm not the I'm not the bloke's biggest fan, but I completely agree with him. Yeah, that's a few that I, I have said exactly totally what you just did. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree, and I think it's sad that as part of the world, he feels now that he has to say something like that. A because, you know, we're these celebrities are issuing apologies left, right, and fucking centre now because everyone's getting offended. A that they feel that they need to do it. I liked it when celebrities just were like, you know what, I've said it. I don't give a shit. I agree. That's what I think. Don't care. And that people are getting so offended pisses me off. Anyway, on that note, do, on that note, um, Rusty this has ended up being off. like nearly an hour. Yeah, I'll, I'll take, <laughs> well, yeah, I'll, I'll uh, that that thirty-five, forty-minute podcast that's turned into an hour. Never mind, fellas. <laughs> there you go, Sorry skeletons, bare bones, and all that. Hey, it's been don't, fun. Don't put any music. There you go. I, I think, I think it's time. probably the best one we've done in about two months. So you know. You need to <laughs> Let's wrap it up there. Um, remember to look us up on Twitter at LongSnapPod, um, LongSnapperPodcast at WordPress.com and subscribe and leave us a review, which is nice if you want to. No one ever does. So if you like what you hear, maybe not based on this podcast, but for if in general you like what you hear, go and leave us a nice review because it helps us with our, uh, our rankings up iTunes. Um, boys, I think that'll do for now. Um, enjoy week 17. Go well. Likewise. Happy New Year. Cheers. Happy New Year to everybody. Happy New Year.